Life Audio. Sometimes it's really difficult not to brag about all the things that we've accomplished in our lives, especially for hard workers. But what today's psalm does is it helps us remember that the praise for where we're at or what we've done or what we've accomplished really needs to rest with God because he is the one that elevates us and puts us in those positions. And while I don't want to discredit hard work because, of course, hard work is part of this, but so many times we take credit for the things that are only possible because of God's blessing in our lives. So we're going to look at that concept and more today on Psalm 115. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are walking through Psalm 115, and if you're just joining us, we are almost towards the end of our psalm study where we are going through one psalm a day and we're looking at some of the history and the culture and the background to help you understand it just a little bit more clearly. Again, this is not ever to replace your Bible study reading, but it's really to supplement it and the goal is to get you back into God's Word. I started going through the Psalms because as part of the Hearing Jesus podcast, we're on a quest to hear the voice of God more clearly. And if we think about it in terms of Jesus and the disciples, really, we realize and we recognize from the New Testament that in the the Old Testament, the book of Psalms is the one book that they quote the most. It was essentially the hymn book and the prayer book of Jesus and the disciples. And so my thought process in that is how better to know the heart of God or to start understanding the heart of Jesus better than to know what his hymn book and his prayer book was. I think it's a really good foundational way for us to start understanding the language of the heart of Jesus. And so we're going through one Psalm a day and every Monday, if you would like a couple extra resources, every Monday I send out a newsletter. If you go to shehears.org, you can sign up for that. And in that newsletter, I send out a journaling prompt that goes along with each of the episodes that we do. And journaling is a really good way to get the information from your head to your heart. It helps you process it. For me, I found it to be really helpful in my life. Again, that goes out every Monday and that's free. If you would like the journaling prompts from previous episodes, you can go to the resources page at shehears.org and you can find the Psalms guided journals there. And in the guided journals, you have a link to the audio devotional, you have the key verse for the day, and then you have the journaling, journaling question. And I also put in some space for you to actually journal it out right in there. You could either use that on an iPad or a similar device. You could print it out, whatever's going to work for you. And again, 
it's just an extra resource to help you really dive into God's word to process this information because we don't want to just hear what God is saying to us, but we want to put that into practice in our lives. So I'm reading from the NIV today and I'm starting at verse one of Psalm 115. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to you, your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. Why do the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. But their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths, but cannot speak eyes, but cannot see. They have ears, but cannot hear noses, but cannot smell. They have hands, but cannot feel feet, but cannot walk, nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will be like them. And so will all who trust in them. All you Israelites trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield house of Aaron. Trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear him trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless his people, Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. May the Lord cause you to flourish, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. It is not the dead who praise the Lord, those who go down to the place of silence. It is we who extol the Lord, both now and forevermore. Praise the Lord. So today's psalm is one that would be considered a community song, and it is led by the worship leader who is essentially exhorting the congregation and reminding them to put their trust in the true God, rather than acting like the nations that are worshiping their false deities. If you remember, we're talking about the ancient Near East and so ancient Mesopotamia, all of those nations that were surrounding Israel, they of course worshiped false deities. Many of them were represented by these metallic statues that they themselves had created. And so the worship leaders talking through that and talking about the difference between the false gods and the one true God. This is a psalm that would have been used as part of the Passover celebration, and most likely it was sung before the meal. One thing I want to pay, I want you to pay attention to that I want to point out is the use of repetition in the psalm. And one thing that we know about repetition when it's used in the scriptures is that is used to create this emphasis on a certain element. And when you hear it two or three times, especially in the same passage, that is an alert for you to pay attention to what it's saying. So just pay attention to that as we go along. So what the worship leader would be doing here is directing the congregation to really focus on God and not themselves. And of course, that's really difficult. It's a common problem to man. It's something that we ourselves struggle with. And the repetition of using that word not to us is this emphasis that's signaling how hard it is for us to diminish our own accomplishments and give the praise to God because he's the one that deserves the praise. And so this idea of God's love, which we've been talking about, the word has said, which also means loyalty and faithfulness, that is a mark of his covenant with Israel. And it's what shows that he's reliable. And so this is an appeal to God's glory, which of course is demonstrated by his love and his faithfulness. And it's signaling to us that this psalm in some ways is spoken it could have been even in a moment of crisis because it's recalling the faithfulness of God. So one thing I want to point out is Israel's God is vastly different from the other gods from the other surrounding nations. But still, 
what we see in Israel's history is that God's people were constantly tempted and sometimes even fell prey to worshiping these false gods. If you think about the canonization of Israel and um, the way that they strayed from what God's precepts were for them. And so the questions of the nations, the surrounding nations, where they're saying, where is their God? That is motivated by the fact that the Lord himself, Yahweh, did not have an idol who represented his presence. All these other false gods, they were represented by false images. If you think of even when um, the Israelites, when they were in the wilderness, they created a sacred golden calf. I mean, even obviously that's a temptation to fall prey to one of the false gods. It was the, the Baal god of some of the surrounding nations. But if you think about it, all of those false gods were represented by some sort of image. And so the surrounding nations did not have an understanding of what it even meant to worship a God that did not have this image. But so when they're, when they're questioning that saying, where's their God, they didn't have anything to refer to. And so if this Psalm, which a lot of scholars agree, if this Psalm is uttered in the context of an ongoing crisis at the moment, it may be that these nations, these surrounding nations are threatening Israel and almost taunting them that their God is not even making his presence known because he doesn't have anything to represent him. He doesn't have one of these idols that are a, a physical representation of who he is. And so the worship leader is then, of course, responding by pointing out the obvious. Our God is in heaven. And not only that, He's free, he's sovereign, he does whatever pleases him, whatever he wants. And so the counter argument here is that the gods of the nations are made by humans. They are represented by idols that look like humans or look like animals. Again, again, a created image of a created being. And we're talking about the creator of the universe that created everything. And so those created images that were made out of metal, a lot of times, sometimes they'd be clay. They would have mouths and eyes and ears and noses and hands and feet, but they couldn't speak. They couldn't see, they couldn't hear, they couldn't smell or feel or walk. And so the one true God, Yahweh, did, was real, did do, do those things and did speak and interact with humanity. And so what the psalmist is doing is reminding the hearers of that psalm is that the people that are making idols, the nations that are making idols and putting their confidence in those idols that they themselves made, they're going to find that they're dead. They're, they're not alive. Yahweh is the one true God. He's the one that's alive. And so the prophets are essentially attacking this false worship with sarcasm. We're going to stop right here and take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll get into the rest of the psalm. Stay tuned. So now we're going to drop into the next section, verses 9 through 11. And in this section, the worship leader, the psalmist, is encouraging the congregation to trust in the Lord because God protects them. And so the call to trust God is really, again, emphasized by this repetition. And it's talking about God's role as the protector. And three times he has called their help and their shield. And of course, the shield is a metaphor drawn from this military imagery. And that suggests that the psalmist has in mind this role of God as a warrior who will protect them against the nations that are mocking them, that are worshiping idols, that could be even taunting them at the time. 
And so that word help might be taken more in the sense of an ally, in the sense that God fights for them and against their enemies. And so he's calling first on Israel when he says, you Israelites, he's calling them to trust God. But then there's also this appeal that he follows that up with, where he's especially talking to the priests and the descendants of Aaron, the house of Aaron. Remember, Aaron was the brother of Moses, and he was um, a lot of ways a mouthpiece for Moses. And so he's talking about the descendants of Aaron, who, of course, were the, the, the priests. And so he's saying, for those who fear God, you have to acknowledge that God has this primary role in his creation. And then the, the creation has to be submitted to God. That is vastly different than what we see in some of these other surrounding nations. And then it goes on to talk about three groups that he is encouraging to trust God. And then he, of course, tells them why they should do that. And so he's remembering them and he's blessing them. And if you remember this from, I think it was last week we talked about it, that word remember, it doesn't mean to just like be mentally aware of them. Instead, it implies this action on their behalf. And so God created humanity and to understand what it means for him to bless them and to remember them it's emphasized by this repetitive word to bless. And if we think about that in terms of even in the Garden of Eden, where the human relationship with God and with each other was in harmony and their material needs were met. And then that same understanding of blessing can help us think through the blessing of the covenant where their needs were met. God does not favor one group over another. It's not like the rich and powerful are favored over the disenfranchised or marginalized or poor or vice versa. Everybody can put their confidence in him. And so think about this in terms of the covenant. The covenant was not just for the priests. It was not just for those that could afford to um, pay extra money at the temple. It wasn't just for the people that owned businesses. The covenant was for all people of that people group. And so think about this in terms of blessing. I love that because even now, we have a tendency in our culture and our society to separate those that can do something for us versus those that cannot. And I and maybe even not in our culture, even just in our own lives, we have a tendency, even if it's unspoken, to categorize people in terms of what they can do for us or those that cannot do anything for us. But yet that is not God's idea of blessing. God's idea of blessing is based on this covenant relationship. In terms of our relationship with Jesus, he does not he does not reserve parts of himself for certain people. We all have equal access to him. And so what we see is the worship leader is expressing his wish that that God would bless them. And he's referring to him as the maker of heaven and earth, so the creator. And he's reminding the congregation that God has unlimited resources. And so this idea of blessing is going beyond this present generation, but it's extending to future generations and even to us. 
And so although God made the heavens and the earth as a creator and he created the earth for, for humanity, he's already made it so abundantly clear that the earth is this realm of human life and he is passionately involved with humans. And so the worship leader is not making the same point as a teacher who might say, God is in heaven and you are on earth. Um, instead, he's saying the opposite. He's urging them to really praise God because even while they're still alive, they can have the blessing of God in their lives. I think sometimes this is this is where I see this practically play out in our own lives. When somebody is sharing the gospel message, especially sometimes on the mission field, you'll, you'll see this happen. When somebody's sharing the gospel message, they will explain that in terms of eternity. And yes, of course, we know if we come to faith in Jesus, that's how we, we get to this place of having an eternal heavenly home and this relationship with him. But the, the promise of God is not just for one day. The promise of God is for right now. And the relationship we can have with God, it doesn't wait to start until we die. It doesn't wait till we get to heaven. The relationship we have with God is right now. And so if we're thinking about this in terms of remembering God, remembering our commitment to him, remembering our relationship with him. It's not just in our mind, but there's this implication of action. The same is true for his relationship with us as he remembers us. We remember him. It's this twofold relationship dynamic that goes back and forth where we can lean into this relationship that is active and present in our lives today. That is the hope of the gospel. The hope of the gospel is just not one day far off after we die. The hope of the gospel is today. The hope of the gospel is I can have a meaningful relationship with the creator as the creation today. And so the psalmist is calling on Israel to place their trust in God, most likely in the middle of a, of a crisis. It could have even been during a military attack because of some of the military language that we see. But he's reminding them that God is not like these lifeless dead idols of the surrounding nations, but he's going to remember his covenant and bless his people. Remember, meaning there's an action part there. And so this psalm reminds us as believers today to, again, put our confidence in God in the middle of the crisis, because trust in anything else is essentially trusting in a false idol, a dead God, a dead idol. And whether that idol is a false God, money, power, wisdom, status, finances, career, relationships, all of those are false dead gods. The only one true God that we can put our confidence in is, is God Almighty. So given that insight, I'm going to reread this psalm for you, starting again, Psalm 115, it's starting at verse 1. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. Why do the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him, but their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths, but cannot speak eyes, but cannot see. They have ears, but cannot hear noses, but cannot smell. They have hands, but cannot feel feet, but cannot walk, nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will be like them. And so will all who trust in them. All you Israelites trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield house of Aaron. Trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear him, trust in the Lord. He 
is the help and shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless his people, Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. May the Lord cause you to flourish, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. It is not the dead who praise the Lord, those who go down to the place of silence. It is we who extol the Lord, both now and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Father God, we give you the glory and the praise and the honor for the blessings in our lives. Not just the material blessings or the financial blessings or the relational blessings, but the blessing of having a relationship with you, the blessing of walking with you now, not having to wait until we get to heaven, but having this relationship, this active relationship with you right now. Lord God, help us to take this idea of remembering seriously, where it's not just an a thought in our head, but it's an action. It's a behavior. It's a way that we can express our gratefulness to you in this life today. God, I thank you for this remembering part of um, this action piece that we keep reading about last week and this week. God, help us that for that to convict our hearts, for us to recognize that that it's not just about saying we're Christians, but it is about demonstrating that with our behavior. Lord, I pray that even right now you would drop maybe a word or a thought into the heart of my friends for a way that they can practically remember you in action this week. Lord, I thank you for your word and the treasure it is to us. I pray that as we continue to seek you, you would make yourself known. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey friend, do you feel like you need a little bit of one-on-one? I don't know about you, but sometimes when I go through the scriptures or I go through the biblical concepts, I find myself thinking, okay, but how do I actually apply that in my life? Or if you've come to this podcast, it's likely because you desire to hear Jesus more clearly, to be confident in what he's saying in your life, the way he's leading you. I want you to know that I offer life coaching and spiritual direction. And while the two are similar, they're also kind of different. Life coaching is when we set goals and, and I help hold you accountable and help break those down into bite-sized manageable pieces to help you achieve those goals. But spiritual direction takes it one step further. We invite Jesus into the process. And through spiritual direction, the goal of that really is to help you hear God's voice more clearly. And so there's things that we will do like prayer projects and spiritual gifts testing and a life map and all sorts of things to help you get to a place where you can see this thread of redemption that God has woven throughout your life. And then also to set you up so that you can hear God's voice for yourself. Because ultimately, the reason why I do the the podcast and I write the books and I have all the resources available is because I want you to settle into this place where you are confident in knowing the difference between God's voice, your own voice and the enemy's voice. So if that sounds like something that you would like to do, um, life coaching right now runs about $97 for an hour. And that's for one person. I also have group rates available. And if you want to schedule that, it's if you go to shehears.org, you can go, there's a Calendly link where it says work with me and you can set up a time that works for you. I would count it an honor and a privilege to be able to walk alongside of you in that process. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more.
friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.